Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Linda Beard, your host and author of the upcoming book, Bold Enough. How in the world are you? Thank you for allowing me to come into your world again another week. I know that you are out there trying to make those resolutions come true that you made for this new year in 2023. Don't let 2023 be a year where you did not ignite your passion, that you did not move forward with being authentically you, because every week I am going to push and challenge you to be bold enough. Many of you are not in a situation that you're pleased with right now, and you want to follow your passion, particularly those that want to go into business for themselves. So this is the ongoing series of Bold Enough Moves. I am so excited to have with us our guest, Bilal Agram, who is the founder of Code Media Group. So Bilal, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Linda. Thanks for having me. So tell me about, and our audience, about Code Media Group and how did you, why did you start the, the, the company and what did you have to go through? Well, first of all, you might want to put a box of Kleenex by your, by your computer. <laughs> Give it to us straight. Be bold enough. Give it to us straight. Because the audience really, really needs to know what it really takes. Because passion is one thing, but to be driven right. and dedicated and committed right. is another right. thing. It's sometimes is right. passion enough. I don't know. Tell us about it. I, I don't have any Kleenex nearby, but I'm sure Dan, my producer, will bring some over in case I get really, really teary-eyed here. Go ahead. Tell well, us your all, story. First of all, thank you for uh, allowing me to be on your platform. Uh, it's always an honor when someone wants to hear your story. Uh, I don't take it lightly that I'm, I'm one here with you and hopefully encouraging your, your, your listeners as well as you to continue with the vision the Lord has given you. Oh, thank so, you so much. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, really, it's a grind. Um, this has been my whole life's journey wrapped up into what I'm doing now to the Code Media Group, in which we also publish Code M Magazine. Uh, but just to give you uh, a cliff note story, my background is I was a Cleveland firefighter for 33 years. So I was honored to serve the citizens of the city of Cleveland as a firefighter, EMT. And in my last seven years on the job, I went back to school and I, I finally completed my undergraduate <laughs> and graduate degrees. And I also received a, a chaplain, um, a certificate, assistant chaplain certificate. Wow. That's what started my journey back into school. Okay. Everyone thought I was going to divinity school, to be honest. Okay. Um, so, um, Going back to school, I, I obtained my master's degree in psychology with an emphasis on diversity management and leadership. Mm -hmm. And then I had some issues at work, uh, personal issues, and I had to seek the, the help of EAP, oh, which okay. is Employee Assistance Program. Right. So, you know, uh, and the, the gentleman at the time when I went in to see him said, wow, this is not you. He said, watch how the Lord uses you. So, you know, I dealt with my demons, my issues, and um, my traumas. Mm -hmm. And um, ultimately, when that gentleman retired, he recommended me to take his position. Wow. So, yeah, so I became director of EAP. And 
in doing that, EAP deals with three. I, I became a counselor on the fire department. So mm-hmm. I counseled men and women in the public safety sector, men and women who look like you and I mm-hmm. um, often, you know, uh, often have melanin in their skin and people that you see doing their jobs on the street who are considered heroes. I had them in my office under three tenants, free, voluntary and confidential. Wow. So my okay. office was away from headquarters mm-hmm. and it allowed people to come see me or call me or reach out to me when they have when they're dealing with issues. OK. And what I realized was I had so many men who looked like me in my office just breaking down crying, mm. you know, dealing with the issues of life. You know, oftentimes men of color uh, suffer in silence. Um, yes. And, 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 and you all women outlive us yes. because you all have a built in. Uh, community style of, 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 of caring for each other. And you Bilal, know, you... I'm going to pause you right there because sure. you made a really good point in comparison of how men may deal with things and how right. women deal with things. And right. with Bold Enough, um, 49% of our listeners are male because mm-hmm. we are wanting to encourage that authenticity And being Mm -hmm. authentic is learning to express how you feel. And men, many times will just hold it in because many of them have been raised that you're the man. (laughs) You're the man. You're supposed to be tough and you're supposed to have strength. And so to Mm -hmm. be vulnerable is something that really, really takes a lot of courage for men to really speak out and express themselves. So, I'm really happy to hear that you were a vessel being used as men came into your office, that they could pour out their, their, their souls to you, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and you often live what you were modeled growing up. Yes. So if, if that's the model you were growing up, I mean, you grew up watching, then that's the life you're going to live unless mm-hmm. you change something in the dynamics of your life. Yes. So what I realized is that, you know, men of color, Suffering silence, mm. you know, um, you know, when you when you with your boys, you like, dude, you all right? What's up, bro? Oh, I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm yes. good. First line, I'm good. I'm yes. good. Well, you you good and broke, <laughs> broken up. <laughs> yes. Know? Yes. Because I mean, growing up, we all deal with some sort of traumas, you know, whether it's within your household, whether it's within your neighborhood, whether it's, it was within your school, mm-hmm. whether, you know, as society as a whole, because we are viewed as non-senators, we're often marginalized. As Joe Madden, Madison says, we're marginalized, uh, underappreciated, and it's another term that he uses. So growing up in the hood, you can't show anger. I mean, you can't be weak mm-hmm. because then you become prey. You know, you Ooh, get beat yes. up all the time. Yes. And then if, when you get into a job, corporate America or whatever your job is, you can't show anger because now you're the angry black man. Yes. Or you're the angry black woman in your yes. case, you know, mm-hmm. you become the angry black woman when mm-hmm. when it's the majority acting the way that we act, then they're considered passionate. Oh, he or she just they're just passionate about their job. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the difference? So what I realized is that, you know, I had so many men in my office just breaking down, crying, not knowing what to do, you know, whether it was dealing with the marriage, with the kids, with the racism on the job, finances, drugs, alcohol, you know, porn addictions. You name it, men were coming in and just breaking down. So I took all that energy in 
Okay. And I had to figure out what do I do with this? Because I can't take yes. it home to my wife. Yes, that's you know? a lot to take in and to be confidential. It's a heavy, exactly. heavy burden, heaviness. Yeah. So did mm-hmm. you take this, all this data that uh, I, I don't want to be impersonal by saying data. So I'll say, did you take all of this uh, pain would be a better word. And is that how you started the cold media group? Because I know you have a magazine component right, right. and and it addresses men's issues. Am I right? Right. It does. But the first thing I did was okay. because I couldn't share people's personal information. I sought therapy for myself Oh, because okay. I had to have someone to be able to pour what I'm feeling out wow. so that I make sure I'm OK. You know? Yes. And, and one of the analogies I would use to if men were in my office, and I'll, I'll get to your question in a okay. minute. Oh. But one of the analogies I would use was I would tell the guy, and this is something that most guys can resonate with. I say, you know, hey, bro, you're sitting in my car. You're in my office. I said, if I can give you any kind of car you want, automobile, mm-hmm. what would you want? You know, guy, man, I want a Corvette, man. I want a Porsche, man. Mm-hmm. I, I want a Shelby Mustang. I said, okay, <laughs> you have that car. We're going down the highway and you hitting it. You in fifth gear and we hitting it. <laughs> All of a sudden, that check engine light come on. What do you do? Oh, man, I'm going to take it to the shop. I said, good. So when your check engine light in your life come on, what do you do? Uh, I said, so you mean to tell me you would take better care of that car than you would yourself? Good question. And, and most guys are like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. I said, well, yeah, we mm-hmm. all... At some point in our lives, our check engine light comes on, you know, whether you're waking up, you're crying, whether you, you can't sleep, whether your, your, your eating pattern is off, something in your life is bothering you. What do you do about it? Mm-hmm. So to get to your point, yes. um, toward the end of my retirement, mm-hmm. I started thinking, about, OK, what am I going to do now? I'm, you know, I'm still relatively young. I've got energy. I've got education. You know, uh, like I said, people thought I was going into ministry and really my job was my ministry because I did minister to people, sure. uh, to my co-workers. So you're so, saying then when you started your transition and your journey to start new, um, to start the cold media group, mm-hmm. you were winding down your your yes. corporate America career when you decided, what am I going to do next? So you weren't like... Right. You know, I'm tired of corporate America. I'm just going to take a risk and burst out and do it. You were methodically in your situation planning ahead. Would that no, be it wasn't accurate? me. It, it, I mean, yes, but it was the Lord planning it out for me. Okay. I'm just <laughs> okay. Well, we talk a lot yeah. about purpose and what is your purpose right. that God created you right. to do. So I applaud right. you for understanding what that purpose is. Right, right. And like I say, you know, I really enjoyed my job. I enjoyed the fire department. It's a brotherhood unlike any other. Um, there's inherent dangers, but it also helps you to understand taking risks. Mm-hmm. It helps you to understand that, you know, when someone calls us, there's an emergency in their life. Yeah. So we had to respond and, and react accordingly, be professional okay. and, and, you know, take care of whatever their needs were. Mm-hmm. I'm just thankful that I had a career that allowed me a time off, b time to go back to school, c time to travel because mm-hmm. I traveled the world while I was a firefighter. I had two apartments in China. Wow. I was, I was in China so much. So it gave me a glow. Once I left the United States and I started traveling abroad. It gave me a different perspective of life. It gave me a global perspective. 
and realized that once I left this country, I was the majority in the world. People that looked like me was the majority in the world. Wow. You know, wow. you know, I had friends in other, I, I, I have friends in other countries. I get emails and texts from other countries, WhatsApps, you know, WhatsApp. So I would land in Hong Kong and I would pick up my Chinese cell phone and call my people there, my <laughs> friends there, you know? Yeah, that's <laughs> great. That's wonderful. I had a church. I had a church home in Hong Kong. I had tailors. I had manufacturers connected with. So the Lord just opened up all these opportunities and helped me to understand and look at life from a whole different perspective. Wow. So as I was winding down my career with the fire department, it allowed me two things. I had a pension and I had the opportunity to be able to step out on faith and invest in myself and self when I created the Cold Media Group. So, so when you decided to, to when you decided to step out on faith and invest in Cold Media Group, what were your feelings? I mean, yes, you're stepping scared? out on faith, but did you feel yeah? <laughs> did, were you scared? Did you feel like what if I fail or am I good enough or am I smart enough? Because many of the people that are out there listening are thinking, I want to do it, but Will I be successful? Will I, am I good enough? Or whatever thoughts. There's a lot of thoughts right. that are probably roaming around that has been deterrence from them moving forward. Well, absolutely. And, 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 and the, the, my dad always taught me, try something. There's two, there's two outcomes. Either it succeeds or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's just the, that's just the black and white of it, you sure. know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and the reason why I invested my own money was because I didn't know it was going to succeed. So I didn't want to go out and, first of all, be beholden to somebody else. Well, first of all, asking for money and then be beholden to them if they gave me some money that they would want input on what my vision is. Got you know? it. So my wife thought I was crazy. She's like, well, you're going to do what? <laughs> she said, what do you know about magazine or media? I'm like, I don't know anything. Wow. I know God who... I know a guy who knows it all. So yes, that, yes. Know? And that's another and, but, that's another interesting point is we often have a path we want to go and we right. even feel that God is leading that path for many of us. But yet, you know, is your spouse willing to be that risk taker with you? Is that right. spouse willing right. to go on that journey with you? Because God hadn't told them, <laughs> right? Right, right, God didn't, right? God didn't right. say, I'm going to tell your husband to start this media company. <laughs> he told right. you. And so right. here we go. So continue. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I started it. and Well, first of all, and the one thing that the common denominator in any business is people. And that's what I do. I know people. You know, I, I this business has been a culmination of every conversation, every email, every phone call, every meeting, lunch, breakfast that I've had throughout my whole life, because I've always been a big bridge builder. You know, okay. I think that there's no one in my life that if I went back and reached out to them, that they wouldn't reach out to help because they know that my heart was good. My intent was good. And, mm. you know, my dad always taught me, son, do people favors because at some point you may have to call back on them for a favor. Well, we're going to pause right there for a moment, Bilal, and I'm going to just say this to our listeners, is that what you've heard so far, if you've got that passion or the Lord is speaking to you to take a certain path, 
Well, I was saying that he was obedient to do that. He didn't even have the experience, whereas some of the other guests on Bold Enough Moves have said they've known what they wanted to do since they were a child. They love and they have the passion for it. And they used up credit cards in order to start their passion. Others said they just went forward. So whatever Mm -hmm. your passion is out there, one thing that I really, there's many things, nuggets that I picked up so far, Bilal, but one also was, is be a lover of people because you don't Mm -hmm. know when you're going along on that journey that you can call on those people to help. So we're going to start a part two to this, Bilal. We've run out of time, but I want you to hang on. And so listeners, jot down on a piece of paper, what is your passion? What Mm -hmm. have you been wanting to do, but you have not been bold enough to make that move? And we're going to have Bilal come back for part two. Until then, be bold enough, and I'll see you soon.